Hello, and welcome back to Project 99. It is February 20th, 2022. It's a lot of twos. Yeah. Um, I thought that about February 2nd, like it was 02, 02, 2-2. Yeah. Well, anyway, before we start, I want to say to one of our uh, frequent listeners, our loyal fan, Ed, I hope you're feeling better. Um, and also... I apologize to Mick for the massive amounts of VHS tapes that are surrounding her right now. <laughs> <laughs> to which I added to when I brought down like three bags at your, at your request. Yeah, I have a problem. Anyway. <laughs> no, but we hope to look at them later because I recorded a lot of things off of uh, television that were <clears throat> what I believed to be like one time. They were going to show this one time, but I c- couldn't believe it was being shown on, on Western television. Like... Israel attacking the West Bank with like airplanes, like massive strikes. And um, this was in the days before social media. I know it's hard to imagine those times, but um, the mm-hmm. only, so the only uh, really video you would get of an area would be like traditional news outlets. And they were very careful to never let any anti Israel stuff, you know, make it to Western news. And so I saw this happening on TV and I popped the videotape in and recorded it because I thought for sure, like someone's going to be like, what are you putting that on the news for? And it would never be seen again. Same with 9-11 and some of the news coverage in the lead up to, you know, the war in Iraq. I recorded that. So we want to get back and look at it now kind of with like it's it's like a time capsule. Yeah, crazy enough, too, that in my buying and selling of VHS over the past few months, uh, a lot of people pay good money for stuff that was recorded on television because for a variety of reasons. Some people want them for the commercials. Some people, like you said, they want documentaries that mm-hmm. can't be found now or news that can't be found now. Stuff that hasn't been digitized. I always see that too when people ask for different specific things and someone's like, oh yeah, I actually have that. That they're like, please send it to me. I will digitize it for free because mm-hmm. it's just like this needs to be saved. Mm-hmm. I have found a couple cool tapes from the History Channel. Um, They're just like purple covers with a big H on the front of them. And um, I found like Civil War Ghosts Unexplained or something. Oh my goodness. I have that one probably recorded. Yeah. I saw one of them down there. You had something from the History Channel. Castles of Ireland. Like I I had a lot. I was so into the paranormal. I mean, I'm still into the paranormal, but. Yeah, I've got a couple of the History Channel ones that are like haunted places or whatever. But the other one that I thought was creepy because typically I collect like mostly horror stuff. But like I buy and sell everything. So I, mm-hmm. I got I found one that's History Channel and I was like, I'm gonna put this in the horror box because it's the decision to drop the bomb. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. what could be more horrifying than this? Right. Like so Yeah. So that should be interesting though to go back and watch those because I don't know, I was thinking today when we were talking about the eighties how things that affected my life and made major impact on me were Things that, um, you know, obviously happened before you were born. So it's kind of hard to um, just like really imagine it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was thinking it was funny today. The opposite of that is that um, I was talking with someone about the biggest artists, like musicians of different decades. And I'm like, you know, in the 1950s, easily Elvis. Mm-hmm. Like we learned about Elvis in history books, you know, forever. People will know who Elvis is. And in the 60s, it was the Beatles. And in the 70s, you could probably argue a couple different people 
but uh, Elton John was the top of one of the list. Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes on like the 80s and the 90s. But like as it goes on, it's and into times where I was alive, I start to like argue whether that's correct or not. And I'm like, it's easy for me to look back at something in the 50s to 60s because that's what we've been told was the right, best. Right, 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 right. It's um, it, it's in other words, it's the like, you know, Americana. Like when you think about cowboys and Indians and history, and you know, the way you that if you ask somebody, down, right. if you ask somebody in the 50s, who do you think the biggest artist is? That's going to change from person to person, right? right. You know, mm-hmm. but now the through the test of time. We see that Elvis, the name survives because people know who he is. Right. You know what I mean? So it's I'm a like, self-perpetuating history. In other yeah, words. it's crazy. Like, yeah. I forget which the ones. Because I was like, who would you say in the 80s was the biggest, the biggest name? And I guess a couple, I mean, there's different lists and they base it off of different things like sales at the time or mm-hmm. sales, including sales now, which then you've got. I mean, I think that's unfair to include the sales all the way up until now, because then obviously the oldest people that have been around the longest are going to have more time to accumulate sales. But so I was reading a list of who had the most sales of their time, like who Mm -hmm. was the top of the charts. And I think for the 80s, it was Prince Mm -hmm. and then Madonna Mm -hmm. and Michael Jackson was in there somewhere, which if I had to pick one, it would probably be Michael Jackson. Because, I mean, people people know that forever. You know what I mean? No one's ever going to forget that. But the 90s pissed me off because it was like the top of the list was like Mariah Carey and Celine Dion. And I'm like, I can't name a single song from either one of them. I for sure thought it would be like Nirvana, maybe. Well, I mean, you got to remember, it depends on what genre you're talking about. If you ask people who was the biggest 80s country, you Yeah, know but this is just all genres. Who was yeah, number one? Yeah, but it's like I said, it's going to depend on who you ask, what they were listening to at the time. It was, it was crazy. And then uh, I forget for the 2000s. I think uh, Britney Spears was in there. U2 was in there. Coldplay. There was a, I, I read the entire list of 2000s just because that was like my time. And I figured mm-hmm. for like the 2010 to 2020 decade that it would probably be Taylor Swift. And I think she's like number two. I, I don't remember mm-hmm. who the number one. But it was like super interesting to just think like, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and, and you know, today I sent you that song by, by Scorpion uh, about, you know, the Russians and how... You know, when I was thir- like 12 or 13 years old, we were, it was my first realization that we were in a cold war with the Soviet Union and there was all this talk about nuclear war and there was the day after, which was absolutely horrifying. It's still horrifying as an adult. And I watched that movie and thought about like, we could literally end ourselves, like not just me die, but like all of humanity die. And that's a, that's a heavy thought for a, a 12, 13 year old kid to have a conception of and I had like nightmares of trying to save my family and knowing that nuclear war is about to happen in like six minutes we're all going to die and you know then when I got to high school in in 89 um it was like we were at the end of the cold war and you know Reagan was saying you know Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall and you know at that time 80s rock music was uh, they were letting you know musicians come over to the Soviet Union and do concerts and there were Russian musicians coming over here and I even remember a lot of popular like sitcoms like MacGyver you know who MacGyver is Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, they would have like Russian like a line where a Russian person was in the storyline and they were always depicted in like in a friendly way so it was kind of like we were trying to socially and through music say, hey, look, you know, you're Russians and we're Americans. And even though we're on the verge of 
the ultimate form of destruction. You're a human being and we're human beings and we really all just want to live. So let's like stop all this. And, you know, there was a real feeling that through music, through rock music, that we were going to somehow change the world. And, and, and as I had that thought, and I realized here we are with Ukraine, another thought occurred to me, this must be how people during the civil rights era feel about George Floyd. Because, you know, rock and roll gets its roots in black music. And I've watched a lot of documentaries where, you know, the musicians, like you were saying, that were the top line musicians at the time, talked about how they became famous off of uh, guitar runs that they learned from black musicians who weren't allowed to play Mm -hmm. where they played. Um, So they would go to, you know, black clubs and learn musical, you know, uh, styles. And then they were allowed to play in places and became famous. And eventually, um, you know, there was a breakdown where black musicians really sprung out on the scene, the rock and roll scene. And so by the 60s, where you had, you know, Woodstock and the peace movement, there must have been that same feeling like we are breaking down the barriers of race through music, you know? And then to see like racial bullshit still going on, like Ahmed Aubrey and George Floyd and and all these things, you know, happening, it must just be such a punch in the face. And now my generation has that same feeling with Ukraine because we thought that Russia was going to, we were going to somehow, you know, end the Cold War and, and we were going to somehow work together as a world. And, you know, it's just depressing <laughs> that, and I wonder like, what what's your generation's um, aspiration? Like, what do you feel like music of people in your generation? Is it is it all cynical now? Well, I was is thinking there- today, I was, I was listening to, someone had made a playlist on YouTube of uh the millennial mixtape and i was like okay i gotta see what's on this right um first of all there was an enya song on it and i was like i'm glad i'm not the only one like there are other millennials who also listen to enya as children and not Um, just on a commercial yeah no (laughs) fucking well it pissed me off so much i'm like you have taken something so pure and used it in your capitalist agenda like so angry but um there was this song by the Black Eyed Peas. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Mm-hmm. Fergie was in their band. Um, called Where Is the Love? Mm-hmm. And he in one of the lyrics he says, um, children hurt and people dying. Can you practice what you preach? Can you turn the other cheek? And they, they just, they talk about where's the love. They talk about all this like, you know, uh, bombing of children and just dif- this different stuff. And it's like, man, that, that, I remember when I listened to that song for the first time and I was just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I like asked other millennials about it and they're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's the song. That's the millennial song that we all just like listen to and we're like, man, the world is fucked up. Probably a combination between we were all at like a preteen age when that song came out, but also it's just like super true. I feel like as as time goes on, it just gets more true. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, you know, we were going to talk about some of the Ukraine stuff um tonight and I'm reading a book right now called Like War, and it's kind of a it's kind of a pun on you know thumbs up like in social media, and also social media being like real war. And um, the author goes into a lot of uh, 
you know, various uses of social media, which is crazy to think the Crips and the Bloods use social media. Like, um, you know, the Israelis and the Palestinians in their fight uh, over, you know, basically. Well, we talked about it before on this show about how um, a lot of people believe that Facebook is responsible for the genocide in Myanmar yeah. because mm-hmm. they used, right. face, they allowed, I should say, Facebook propaganda mm-hmm. to to fuel that, which right. led which led to a genocide. Right. I mean, and he does talk about that in there as well. And you know, he was saying, um, and this book actually came out obviously before all of this most recent uh, business in Ukraine. But he was saying that prior to the um, invasion of Crimea, that the Soviets um, massively used propaganda and social media and false reports of. Ukrainian soldiers raping a 15-year-old girl, Russian girl, and, you know, all of these stories, many of which had no sources, never came out to be verified, but it was to fuel this, um, you know, hatred against the Ukraine, the demonization of Ukrainians, um, especially soldiers, so that, you know, it would amp the Russian people up for war. And, um, you know, he, he talks about the difficulty for the average person to distinguish between propaganda and you know real news and it's and it's and it's almost like people don't even care they don't even have any criteria anymore for uh verification of what's true and what's not true it blew my mind the other day too i saw someone post on facebook and this isn't like against them personally because it's i see it all the time this is just the example that i thought of um that they posted like it's about to be war war three Mm-hmm. And all these people are commenting on like, why? What's going on? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, assuming that they're referring to the shelling that happened of that elementary school. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you read about that. Mm-hmm. But apparently the people who were responsible for that um, have been doing shit like that for like the past eight years. It's mm-hmm. not, a, not a new phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, here you are posting this and inciting fear into other people because they're not aware of what's going on either. You know, and not necessarily right. spreading false information, but it's misleading right. because this isn't new. It's mm-hmm. not a, a, you know, a signifier that things are escalating. Exactly. They're just the same. Um, and I don't think they do it on purpose. It's just right. it's just they repeat what they see. Well, but then it's like the next day, you know, or, or minutes and hours later, mm-hmm. they make a post about like, oh, what should I get for dinner? And I'm like, well, why did you post a status that to freak everyone, to else freak out. everyone out yeah. if you're not even genuinely freaked out? Like I. I don't get that. Mm-hmm. I don't get that. And maybe it's like it's an just attention a, thing. And partly. Maybe it is. Or maybe it's just, I mean, I see this in millennials all the time. Maybe it's every generation, but I see it in millennials all the time that something hits them and they freak out about it or they, they get really emotional about it. And then it's like, boop, on to the next thing. Like, mm-hmm. can't, can't comprehend that. So move on. Well, there's a combination of factors, I think, at work here. Um, and I'm not a psychologist, but I think that um, young people who have grown up with uh, computers, f- cell phones, social media are developing shorter attention spans. I mean, there are some studies to support that, but again, I'm not an expert in any of that. Uh, another thing is that um, young people today are exposed to such a vast amount of um, very disturbing material that I feel like uh, human beings. A large number of human beings are probably living with post-traumatic stress disorder and they, they they can't process like 
I remember one time watching um, when Court TV first came out, it was actually Court TV. It actually just had a trial going on and you watched the entire trial. As boring as C-SPAN. <laughs> right. It was literally like a court version of C-SPAN. Yeah, I watched C-SPAN <clears throat> a couple times at work, just different times. I, I have different news on all the time, but I had C-SPAN up for a few days in a row watching something. Mm. I don't remember what it was. And um, my dad, who I worked with, was like, you were just like your mother. I don't know how you watched that shit. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. But um, I re- so I remember watching this trial, <clears throat> and it was about um, a-, a parent who had a baby, and the baby ended up dying um, by being scalded because they said, the parents said that the younger, the older sister, who was like, I don't know, three, maybe three or four, um, had t- carried the baby into give her a bath, turned on the hot water, and scalded the baby to death. They were uh, on trial, obviously, because the prosecutor believed that they had done this to the baby for God knows what reason. And, um, you know, I, I was watching the trial for for uh, basically legal, because my legal curiosity. But I left with very bad emotional wounds from watching that trial. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I, I, don't I internalized how. the, I internalized that because my child, but your brother at the time was, was like two years old. And it was just, you know, the thought like of your child being even hurt at all is, as a mother is like, you know, and, and just, it was just such a horrifying experience that that little baby went through. And so, you know, it, to me, it couldn't at that point just remain a legal thing. I just, I, I obsessively thought about it. It disturbed me. And I couldn't let go of it. And, um, you know. It's just like you and babies in cars. I swear uh, to God, you can't go, you can't hit this woman anywhere. She's like looking in cars. I, I'm so terrified of, of, of someone leaving a baby in a car and it getting hot. And I just, um, I do. Like, it disturbs me. And so I think, like, you know, it's not like I go about my everyday life and I'm like mentally, you know, unable to cope with life. But I think millennials, because they experience a lot of things, they're expected to absorb all this data from the time they're young and just it's normal. And it's not normal. It's not normal to experience that level. So you have one of two choices. You can either realize that everything you're hearing is real and try to cope with that, or you can just experience it for a minute, but then shut it off. Like, how do you go through life otherwise? So I don't know. I think that's what you're seeing on social media. People post it and they're and they're they're disturbed by it, but they've learned to just put a barricade up because you can't. There's too much. There's too much terrible shit coming into you all the time. Yeah, I think uh, sometimes people get the wrong idea of me, like being a maybe a nihilist or something. I I get accused of all kinds of names like that, and I'm like, it's not that. I think it's the opposite that I I have so much empathy for so many things that it's just like. Right. I just, I know, I'm aware, but I just, I can't cry over everything because I would mm-hmm. just do nothing but cry all the time. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you can't take someone else's, no matter how I just terrible walk around you with feel. The, uh, I, and I see my brother does it too. We just yeah. walk around with like a, I don't know, it's not constant misery or like clinical depression, but it's like a cloud of melancholy because it's just, we're just aware that it's yeah. happening. Yeah. I right. mean. <laughs> That's why I can't watch movies where, you know. People are being like killed and and massacred because I'm like somewhere in the world this shit is really happening. Like, how? Why are you making entertainment from this? Like, 
You know, I know everybody went crazy over that Asian show that was on about the lottery, like people. Oh, the Korean, yeah, the uh, uh, Squid Games. The Squid Games, like everybody was like, "Oh, it's such a phenomena," and like, you know, Sean wanted to watch it, and he was like watching it, and I was like, "I don't understand. Like, why is this? This is horrible." Well, the creator of the show, why is it entertaining? Said that it's a message about capitalism. You know, and what people will do to be without debt and just survive. Um, how far will they go? You know what I mean? So, I mean, I think. Uh, but what's the end message, though? That is the message. The end message is learn to live with your debt. Because otherwise, if you took the other way out, it's even worse. I mean, I think the message is n- people shouldn't be put in positions where they have to fight for their life or take other lives just to survive. No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. But, but I know they said that some someone, one of those Republican talking heads made a comment about it being a criticism um, of communism or socialism or something. And I know that the creator of the show responded and was like, no, quite the opposite. This is a mm-hmm. criticism of capitalism. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow. I, when I watched it, I didn't think of that. All I could think of was that it reminded me of the Saw movies, which I hated. I mm-hmm. hated the Saw movies. They mm-hmm. were all gore. There was no message for me, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, when you subject yourself to 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 such um you know uh brutality you know graphic brutality um it's almost like you're trying to desensitize yourself and i don't get that well i think it's a mixture for me i'm a big horror movie buff and um like i said it's mostly what i collect on vhs and there is a lot of you know art and messaging in it i think a lot about uh the greats like george romero and night of the living dead and how like controversial that was that he starred um, like the main actor in the movie is a black man, mm-hmm. and he he used his movies even though they were horror movies and they were graphic and you know about zombies and things to put a lot of social messaging in them. And when he, when he did Dawn of the Dead, like the the zombies the people return to this mall, mm-hmm. and there's like a famous line in the movie where it's like why why are they coming here? Mm-hmm. And it's the guy says like well it's just memory for them it's like muscle memory and it's kind of like a underlying message about zombies and people just falling into the woes of capitalism mm-hmm. and and i'm like wow what a cr-, you know what i mean that's crazy mm-hmm. that you put all these subliminal social messages in a fucking horror film that's mm-hmm. about bashing zombie brains in mm-hmm. but like romero was really good at that mm-hmm. and then you of course you have like john carpenter's they live i don't know if you've ever seen that Mm-mm. the guy uh, it's famous story of like this guy gets a pair of these sunglasses and when he puts them on he can see these things that other people can't see now, is so, this the obey one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The obey picture. yeah, yeah I did so see he that. sees the anchorman on the news or whatever and everybody's yes. just watching it he puts the glasses on he sees that there are these things yeah right you know yeah, and he yeah. sees the advertisements but they're not really advertisements but they say obey and it's mm-hmm. like again just another horror movie that like while has gore and stuff in it there's like a great message in there right yeah so i mean but yeah the new texas chainsaw massacre which i'm sure sean has watched i mean he watched it and i watched it uh, c- kind of because i don't watch movies but like i'll be sitting there on the couch like doing other things and the movie's on so i kind of see it um slasher films don't have a message dumb. like that yeah it was to me it was totally stupid it was just a guy running around with a chainsaw like cutting up people and they're screaming and i'm like this is stupid yeah like but then you know when like i and i think you have a copy of the movie the hitcher yeah, I do. That was a truly horrifying movie to me because um, this shit could be real. I mean, a guy with a chainsaw, like my thought was, okay, if you're on a bus and a guy comes in with a chainsaw and there's and he starts whacking people, um, 
there's one guy with a chainsaw. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's a fucking chainsaw. But I think at this point, maybe that's after we've seen school shooters and we've been taught to drill. Which, I mean, one of the messages that they put into the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre was that the main character and her sister, one of them was a survivor of a school shooting. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, they touched on that topic. But it's like, and then they got like the other main character guy who dies right in the beginning. Um, he's a black guy and there's, uh, a rebel flag in this town that they come in and I'm like, okay, so you're kind of touching on issues, but like, Mm -hmm. it's just not in a, it's just not an artful way like Romero did it, Mm -hmm. you know? So I guess I'm just like, meh. The Texas Chainsaws and all slasher films don't typically have messages like that in them. They're just slasher films to be slasher films. And let's be brutally honest here. A lot of them were for TNA, too. You had teenagers out, making out. Teen exploitation films, yeah. Yeah. I mean, titties, running away with naked titties flopping. Like, that 100%. was, oh, my God. Like, that was a big thing back then, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So. The more boobs and gore there is. Yeah. I, I say that all the time. Like, some of the biggest horror films that I sell that go for the most money, the cover art has to include as much blood and titties naked women <laughs> and probably like fake 80s lightning bolts that's like the key <laughs> maybe a semi truck that's all it's all the things it hits them all oh man speaking but, of uh, semi trucks so the other thing i wanted to talk about is the trucker the trucker thing up in canada you reminded me of it the trucker blockade oh they're still doing that yes oh my god so okay. well now the canada is kind of cracking down and being like um a you know go home <laughs> <laughs> um the police told them all right, shit's over. Go home. They didn't go home. Some of them did, but but um, what are they doing this blockade for? Okay, so they're claiming that you know when the truckers come across the border, they have to be vaccinated. So it's like an anti-vax primarily, but um, the vast majority of the people are actually already vaccinated. But they say they're doing it because they don't think they should have been forced to get it. And I'm like really confused because, you know, yeah, you didn't want to get vaccinated, but you didn't want to lose your job. So you did it. And now you're past the point of the thing that you didn't want to do. So now you're I mean, I just feel like if you were going to throw everything away to protest (laughs) vaccination, would you have not just not gotten vaccinated? Yeah. And just gone and found another like, job. All right, and we'll then, do it this time, <laughs> but never again. <laughs> right. So that part didn't make part didn't make sense to me. And another thing I thought was funny was that all these Christian groups are raising money to send up to the truckers to help them to continue to be able to financially um, c- continue to do this. And I just think it's funny because like all the right wingers flip out every time there's a Black Lives Matter protest and they're like George Soros is giving money to these organizations. It's like, okay, well, I mean, he's not allowed to give his money, but like a bunch of rando, like right wing people's allowed to give money to truckers to block traffic. Okay. And then the other thing I want to mention about this is you remember during the George Floyd protests where people were um, gathering together and obstructing traffic and blocking bridges Mm -hmm. with their bodies. Mm -hmm. And a couple times cars hit people and, um, you know, they were going to be prosecuted because they, they hit these protesters. And um, so a lot of right-wing politicians who agreed with the driver running people over and to varying degrees said, too bad, they were blocking the road and you're it's illegal to block a road. So if you get run over, that's your own stupidity, right? Actually 
tried to pass laws minimizing the criminal liability of people who run over protesters who are blocking traffic. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because our legislative process is so freaking slow that now that the right wing is behind the truckers blocking traffic, like they're full on, you know, Fox News is nonstop praising these truckers. These truckers are great. We need a trucker rally in America. We need them to start blocking stuff. At the same time, there are laws coming up for a vote right now on whether it would be legal to run those same people over that you're backing now. Yeah, I mean, what's because... the specific language going to be? Is it <laughs> is it just as you can run protesters over? Are people going to be able to, like, come up to these truck drivers, rip them out of their truck, and move it out of the way? I mean... Yeah, that's <laughs> what, what I'm saying. Like, are you allowed to hook a jack to it and just pull... I mean, they're not even talking about physically bodily harming these truckers. What they're saying is that we're going to bring in equipment we're going to impound your vehicles. We're going to drag them off out of the way. Okay, so now my whole thing is I don't agree with their particular political viewpoint. However, having read a lot of um, books on the early labor movement and newspaper articles calling coal miners who are trying to get safer working conditions terrorists, it's really hard for me to say. It's like where we were talking about the line between destruction of property for racial, you know, advancement of racial equality. Is it okay to destroy property? Um, because you're trying to basically cause damage and say, like, listen, you know, people of color being killed is enough of a serious issue that if you won't pay attention to anything else, we're going to damage property. I drew the line at setting fires. <laughs> oh, sorry. Just because fires is an indiscriminate weapon. Um, but, yeah, sometimes you have to do things that are illegal to bring about the end of something that's a greater wrong that is legal. You know what I'm saying? Like, slavery was legal, but it was a greater wrong than what was illegal. Right. So in that, in that instance, just like uh, illegal immigrants, quote, illegal immigrants coming to the country, um, to me, a human rights abuse of an illegal immigrant is a greater crime, you know, even though it's legal than the person being illegal. I mean, you have to morally weigh these questions out. The law is not always on the side of what is moral. Unfortunately, because of racial discrimination, because of gender discrimination, because of a lot of things... Sometimes the law is just wrong and you have to break the law in order to fix the law. However, I don't know how long this is supposed to go on. These truckers blockading parliament. So I kind of have mixed feelings about it. I don't agree with their particular political stance, but I see that they are there blocking things, but they're not hurting anyone. They're being a pain in the ass. The same as the Occupy Wall Street movement. Same exact thing. Remember the Occupy Wall Street movement? Um, well, I guess you wouldn't because you were like five. <laughs> um, no, but the, the Occupy Wall Street people basically just set up tent cities and camped out and, and pooped and, and made a mess and basically <laughs> were just a... It was like having Woodstock on your lawn. 
in New York. And, um, you know, eventually they got tired of it and started bringing out batons and clubbing people in the head to make them go home. Um, I, you were talking about Fox News, so I had to open their front page just to see what nonsense was on here. And I have to laugh that they've got like five big stories that they've got on their front page. And then right under that, where it starts the list of news articles, there are two articles about NASCAR. And I'm like, wow, they are really playing into that stereotypical demographic. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't even know what this means either. This is from Fox News. This is their big headline on the front page. Biden does about face regarding D.C. holiday weekend getaway with Europe on brink of war. What is an about face? About face means you did a 180. You completely changed your position oh. on something. You wow. know, when you're marching and you I've never heard that. swiftly turn around to the opposite direction, it's called an about face. Mm. This whole Russia-Ukraine thing, I feel like um, everybody's freaking out about it. And I feel like because I talk about politics and things in the news so often that everyone's they, they're like, oh, well, uh, what do you think about all this? And I'm like, uh, well, first of all, I wouldn't believe everything you hear on American news networks. Right. Number one. And number two, if it really comes to a point when you, if, if your fear is nuclear war, there's just no point in worrying about it. Well, yeah. I mean, there just isn't. And I think uh, I may have ruined my brother who was a doomsday prepper because he always talks about preparing for these types of things. And I'm like, okay, fun hobby. But like, I don't want to survive. Right. Yeah. Who wants to survive? Even if you survive the blast, the nuclear winter will kill you. Right. There's just, I mean, you can look up on YouTube and watch like actual, you know, government agencies predictions of like, this is what will happen. And here's Mm -hmm. the casualties Mm -hmm. based on day one of this country launches a nuke and it hits this place in the US or this place or this place. Mm -hmm. And you can watch the fallout happen. And it's like the impact that kills people is the least. Mm-hmm. It's it's the nuclear winter that kills the majority of people. So, I mean, what? I know right. that's, like, sick. But, like, if you, if you really, truly believe that, like, we might be on the brink of nuclear war, then I guess you just better start checking shit off your bucket list because there's, there's nothing you can do. Right. Well, you can't I mean, hide from it. Yeah. I mean, and nobody uh, really wins. And if, um, you know, the, the all the politicians, the high-ranking politicians flee to their um, well-stocked bunkers um and the rest of us are incinerated all i can say for the human race is those disgusting human beings that let the rest of us get scorched while they save themselves are the same people that are going to propagate the earth and they're going to pass on that sociopathic gene to all of their offspring so even if you survive they'll probably they'll probably hunt you down anyway like yeah, no, there's like no good scenario. Wait, I've on seen... the zombie thing, I did want to mention this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember when we were in Myrtle Beach and um, they had the zombie thing at the Ripley's. It was like a, it was like an exhibition or something was going on because zombies were like the Walking Dead was a mm-hmm. you know, big thing then. Walking and, Dead really did bring a z- zombie revival. Yeah. So we were there and um, all these people were lined up to go into the zombie exhibit. And it was a lot of people color. And I mean, I guess like when you were talking about NASCAR too, it made me think of it. Is like, you know, you tend to think of certain things as being like white people like White culture, black culture, yeah. Or black culture likes it. And um, I was really surprised there were so many people color in line to, you know, go see a zombie thing. Because I thought that was like a, 
you know, like nerdy white guy thing. First of all, a lot of black comedians will talk about not liking scary movies and like not, you know. Well, I mean, there is a big, uh, I mean, known. They're more afraid of the occult. Maybe that's because they're It's a a known thing in horror movies and it's, it's just another stem of racism that a lot of horror movies uh, don't have black leads. First of all, if mm-hmm. there is a black character, they get, they get killed, killed first. first. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that's what people were so excited when Jordan Peele um, did his own line of horror movies where the main characters were black and they were told from a black perspective. Mm-hmm. And it was just like it was a big, exciting thing because it just it just mm-hmm. doesn't happen. So, like, I can see why you think that. Yeah. But yeah. So I, I remember saying to you, like, man, who knew? Like, you know, black people like zombies so much. And you're like, it's a bunch of dead white people. What's not to like? Right. Who doesn't <laughs> like that? And I was like, Hell yeah. wow, that's a that's a very astute observation. <laughs> and you came out with it so quick that I was like, what? <laughs> but yeah, I guess they would be like, yeah, yeah every I, white person in this movie's dead, bitch. <laughs> we like it. <laughs> I think it is a stereotype that like uh, horror movies and I don't know, like video games and certain shit like that is just you think of the demographic as like uh, white men. I mean, it's probably accurate because, I mean, look look at horror movies. Well, like listen, you just said, there's like a ton of gore right. and there's a ton of boobs. Like, who is that for? Right. It's for white men. Like, because that, that's the main category. Like, I mean, and I've had my fair share of black friends who basically, when you bring up anything that has to do with the occult or, I don't know if it's because they, they were brought up in a religious, you know, family or, I don't know, just like, I, I've always felt like black people are just like, man, you don't mess with that shit. Like, don't mess with it. Don't even know. Like, no, Ouija board, get that shit out of my house. Like, like they <laughs> Man, believe. Man, that's how I am. I'm like, fuck that. They believe, like, in that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and, and of course, I'm generalizing. I don't mean to sound like I'm making a racial, you know, b- throwing a blanket over people here. But, like, I'm saying the fr- people I've been friends with who are black are just like, no, man, no. No, don't we talk about, I don't want nothing to do with no ghosts. <laughs> like, yeah. that's just how they, they've been, to, to, they've expressed to me. Yeah. So I guess the zombie thing, I was like, wow, like, apparently people of color down here in um, South Carolina like some zombie shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, What else was I? Oh, yeah, the Fox News front page. Uh, I'm not even going to go through anything they posted. No, t- it's but all, Tucker Carlson got in some trouble. I don't want nonsense. to say trouble because he's never really in trouble. But he actually posed the question, well, why exactly are we on the Ukrainian side? And everybody's oh like, oh, my God. What? Um, okay, Tucker, because Vladimir Putin is a fucking dictator. <laughs> he's a totalitarian dictator who's invading other countries like we've seen this before like hitler like you know and so that was kind of beyond the pale that he said that i mean and you know like i said if you if you go back and research some of the financial contributions that went into a lot of republicans pockets a lot of them are pro-russian people they're businessmen they have a lot of uh, vested in the gas and oil you know whatever so I could see how they would lean pro-Russian, you know, and Trump was obviously pro-Russian because he was a longtime money launderer for Russia. I can't believe some of these articles on this. This is why. This is why I can't. I thought these were ads on Fox News's page. And when you click they're no, they're they're actually Fox News articles. Right. How Hooters girls get their tights. Really? This is what you're fucking reporting on? Oh, no. What the fuck is this? Yeah. 
it's a lot of, it's a lot of appeal to you know that and, and i was thinking this too about um jimmy Dore and uh joe rogan how they how they started out their podcast kind of with this mass appeal to like everybody because they would criticize or examine things from multiple angles which i feel like we don't have enough of in our society like you're supposed to pick a team democrat or republican and you're supposed to hold all the same views as everybody on your team or you're not a good democrat or republican and i've never fit into either category so those kind of people like Rogan and, and Jimmy Dore appealed to me. And I loved Jimmy Dore when I first started watching him. I couldn't say enough good about him because he was criticizing the elitist Democrats. But after watching him for some time, I came to realize that the, the propaganda has had to evolve from, you know, red baiting and the knee-jerk reaction of, um, you know, like when uh, Sean Hannity says the callers into a show, you're a true patriot. And they're like, no, you're a patriot, Sean. Like all that nonsense. Um, it had to go beyond that for, for people who have a certain level of intellect. Because we're not roped in by, you know, easy dogma, I should say. So, you know, Jimmy Dore, when he starts attacking like the liberals on the left, like first he started attacking like Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, the elitist Democrats, establishment Democrats. And then he worked his way down to, you know, tearing up AOC and tearing up, you know, and... and uh, oh, I did see where he said something about uh, AOC's not... AOC's actually like a white woman. And I'm like, what What the fuck is... Yeah, so I mean, about? he has... What his role was, whether he started out that way or whether he was paid off, bought off, was to get people who are in the middle ground, who will listen to both sides, and then after they get addicted to his humor and his style, pull them over to the right. That is Jimmy Dore's purpose, was to pull people who were in, in the middle to the right. The same as the Facebook trolls that work for Russia. That's the same thing that they do. He does it with a lot more, he's, he's a funny guy, you know, but he develops that affectionate bond with his, his followers to where they won't call him out on his bullshit. He never once criticizes Trump. He was always making excuses for Trump's demagoguery. Um, you know, Trump, Trump could make a statement about ripping up the constitution and becoming a dictator. And that was fine with Jimmy Dore. But whenever, you know, the Democrats passed a rule that was going to infringe on somebody's freedom, he was all over it. And it's like, you know, we can see the glaring inconsistency here. Buddy. Right. So I don't know, but it was good for his viewership because now he's got a lot more right wing people on his side and the people that are still clinging to him who are independents are basically just like, Oh, you know, well, I don't listen to everything he says, but... Yeah, like all independents are. (laughs) But they like him. You know, like the ones that voted for Trump that were, like, embarrassed to say it. So they're like, well, I'm an independent. Yeah, but you voted for Trump. Like, so anyhow... um, So a little bit about this. I I had to laugh when I... Because I always bring up different news sites when we start to do this, just so I can see what the headlines are. Mm -hmm. And on Yahoo News' front page, it says... um, Let me see here. Let Let me read exactly what it said. Because, surprise, misleading. Um, Russian troops have ordered to launch Ukraine invasion. Report. And then the other one said, uh, Russian commanders have orders to proceed with invasion. And when you open the article up, 
it's it's that's not what it says u.s has intel that russian commanders have orders to proceed with invasion like they make the article out like right 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 they're about to invade and then when you open it it's like right. u.s has intel that they're about to invade right. it's so, just like are you fucking kidding right. me so biden this is a win-win for vladimir putin cnn is a win-win for for vladimir putin reason being is they have amped up this Russian uh, troop buildup for over two weeks now. It's going to be any day now. It's eminent. What does eminent mean? What exactly does eminent mean? Does eminent mean in the next day? Does eminent mean in the next two days? Does it mean next week? CNN has been breathlessly waiting for Russia to invade for so long their faces are blue and they're looking like idiots. Now, Vladimir Putin is an ex-KGB, he's the same as the CIA scumbags that we got on our in our country, um, who have all kind of corporate interests, not the interests of the American people. But, um, you know, he's a smart guy. So what's the best way to get away with something? I would say get the American news media cry wolf over and over and over again. And then when there's no invasion, we look stupid. And um, he says, well, I told you all along, I was just doing military ex- exercises with our partners in Belarus. It's this Western media. They, they're hyperactive, and you're already hearing them come out and say, it's the Western media that's doing all this. Um, I also noticed that CNN, after saying, oh, the troop movements, by hour by hour, they've got the troop movements. You know, they're watching them on satellite, whatever the fuck. But when they heard a report that the troops were withdrawing from a certain area, they said, we can't confirm it, that the troops are withdrawing. We, we can't confirm it. It might be very difficult to confirm a troop withdrawal. I'm like, okay, so hold on a second. So CNN can tell you minute by minute Russian troops moving f- towards Ukraine but if they get a report that they're withdrawing away from Ukraine, that they can't verify that. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. When you listen to media, if you are bought in in any way, shape, or form emotionally to what they're saying, you can't hear the bullshit, you know? And Fox News is the same way. You know, they'll tell you a bunch of stuff, and it's like their, their emotionally attached viewers are un- unable to hear the complete hypocrisy and contradictions in what they're saying. So. Yeah, this is like all that's all over. Yahoo News, CNN. Um, so, oh, something else I wanted to talk about that was in the news last week. I don't know if you saw it, but about the Sandy Hook settlement. Sued, no, sued Remington. I did not see that. So as far as I'm aware, that's the first time that um, a gun manufacturer has been sued over a mass shooting incident. They settled at $73 million. Um and I forever, I was trying to speculate, like, how could, how, how did they argue this? Mm-hmm. What, what, what argument could you possibly was make that Supreme makes... Was it a Supreme Court case? Um, it was a civil case, right? It wasn't even, it wasn't a criminal yeah, case. Yeah, this is, a, this was a civil case. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm, obviously I'm they just can't, trying to. They can't, they can't attach criminal well, no, liability says, to them. Yeah, okay. Um. Agreement is significant setback for the firearms industry because the lawsuit worked around the federal law protecting gun companies from litigation by arguing that the manufacturer's marketing of the weapon had violated Connecticut consumer law. So, I mean, I don't know. I have to read more about it. So, they were arguing consumer law. They weren't arguing 
traditional arguments of liability? I mean, I don't know. They said that they violated Connecticut's consumer law. So, I don't know. I'll have to read more about if this was just a... Uh I I believe it was just a civil suit. I don't think they were trying to push for any... And what level of court was it? Criminal charges. Let's see. Because they're going to appeal it, obviously. Remington's going to appeal that. Well, I think they came to the agreement. It's not like they were ordered to pay it. I think that was just what they uh, mediated. Yeah, families contended that Remington violated state law by promoting the weapon with an approach that appealed to so-called couch commandos and troubled young men like the gunman who committed the Sandy Hook massacre. Do you know how long I sat there thinking, like, what argument could they possibly use to find Remington Mm -hmm. responsible? It's not like the gunman, like, malfunctioned. The marketing. I mean, that's, that's some smart... (laughs) <laughs> well, and that, if you remember, that is what That's they, some smart prosecuting. That's what they went after with the opioid. They probably followed the same um, legal framework as the opioids. Because if you remember, the the uh, manufacturers of the, of the opiates basically were like, well, you know, if people got addicted to them and took them on their own, like, we don't support that, right? We didn't cause all these overdo- overdoses. People are responsible for their own actions. And what they did was they showed these commercials that were made to um, basically push, you know, opioids. Like they were the, they were no risk, blah, 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 blah. And that was also the same strategy that they used was, was that it was the marketing. And, and if you think about it, it's cigarettes. What did they say about Joe Camel? Oh, I know, yeah. That it was marketing at the children. The flavors of the... Uh, well, at one point there were cigarette ads that were telling you... Uh, I know the old gold cigarettes were like, it's not a medicine, it's a treat. Because like at the time, in like the 50s, mm-hmm. all the cigarette companies were marketing their cigarettes as if they were medicine. a medicine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who the fuck ever believed that? I just can't believe people actually believed that. Well... Um, I think this was... Let's see. State Superior Court Judge Barbara Bellis throws out the lawsuit against Remington brought by the nine Sandy Hook families. That was in October 2021. Let's see. Supreme Court has denied Remington Arms Co. bid to block a lawsuit filed by the families. I don't know. So it's the marketing, but again, like like the flavors of the uh, I believe it the was Connecticut's they said Supreme were Court fruity flavors were marketing, marketing to, to children, children. So which is bullshit too. That's just a way for like the, adults don't like fruit flavor. I wish apparently. I could like see who's funding backed that whole campaign that the fruity flavors are being marketed to children because I'm like, um, I swear, big tobacco's got to have their hand in that somewhere, man. No adults are ever allowed to eat Fruit Loops again. Well, not like that, but it's, it's just only like kids that like. Fruit, I know you're not like a, a big drinker, but like, I was an alcoholic, so let me tell you, you can get vodka in any flavor right, you want, right. literally at CVS. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> so well, is that not marketing to no, children? No, exactly, like, exactly. And you know, they're so concerned that if marijuana is made legal, God forbid, if marijuana is legal, that kids might get their hands. And I'm like. Okay, but alcohol has caused more death than marijuana ever has. And we allow the alcohol industry to do whatever they want. Cigarettes are still being sold. We know cigarettes cause cancer. All they did was slap a label on it saying this causes cancer. 
we can't outlaw shit that causes cancer come on yeah i don't think this ever went to i mean obviously they they reached a settlement back on this remington thing so it's not like they went to court and they were like here's the judgment you owe them money right yeah um that's true but it was the it was the uh connecticut supreme court that said yes this can we we you will be able to take this supreme court so they could have they could have taken it all the way but then i'm assuming that when they were like yeah we're gonna let it happen remington was like fuck Mm -hmm. just settle so they did but to argue before the supreme court you would have to have an argument based on the constitution and because it wasn't a criminal matter it was a civil matter you would have to find a constitutional reason to appeal that to the supreme court right I don't know. I mean, they cite that that um, different Connecticut state laws were violated with their marketing right. advertisements. What I'm saying though is, when a state, when you even go if up it's Connecticut court, Supreme Court, yeah, whenever you it has go, to be federal. Well, if if it goes, my understanding is that you know you argue something up the chain of command from you know like municipal court, right, it goes correct. all the way up. But the threshold, I think, for going to the Supreme Court has to be that there's been a fundamental violation of the constitution in other words like what happened with the abortion laws in texas right they said you know the the texas legislators can legislate it blah 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 within the state of texas and we have a right to do that it's our state's rights but when a woman says it's a violation of my constitutional right. Well, then maybe it got then to the, the Supreme Court can overrule a state court. I would assume that it got to Connecticut Supreme Court then, probably because a lower court said yes, the Sandy Hook families can sue Remington, and Remington probably took it to the Supreme Court to say this is a violation. I can the, see how of the state Supreme Court, right? Yes, but then <clears throat> what I'm saying is if it if either side who loses at the state Supreme Court level can show that the state law is a violation of the supreme law which is the constitution they could uh, then they could appeal to the supreme court but you can't just take any case to the supreme court right. you have to show that there's you know uh some that, that there's been a fundamental I don't violation know. I, wish, I wish that i could get like the uh breakdown of it because all the news articles that you read about it are just summaries Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I would like to read about like, okay, uh, this is what court approved or denied for them to move forward, which mm-hmm. is why it moves to this next level. Like that, mm-hmm. that would be helpful. No, I listen um, to there's because I'm not a fucking attorney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Neither am I. I mean, I'm a bachelor degree criminal justice major, but I mean, there's so many things to go into what you hear and what you read. Like you said, yeah, you, you know what I've learned. A, you have to learn what the case, what the argument behind right. the case is to understand. I have learned after spending time with and working with attorneys that you can try to formulate a question with every detail covered. And the answer you're going to get from an attorney is, well, it depends. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because every legal contract, every law that's on the book starts out with, defining what the elements of the crime are the elements of you know so it all hinges on well what is the definition what is the meaning of the like honestly that is how the law is designed and also when a jury sits down to decide on something their subjective opinion of what that particular thing means is what court is all about so i listen to the supreme court arguments because i find them fascinating oh so do i so do I. Um, and, you but know, what do you think about that? I mean, you know, I know everybody tore Bernie Sanders up when he was like, no, I don't think, you know, victims or fam- families' victims 
victims' families, um, should be able to sue gun manufacturers because the gun didn't malfunction. And I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't understand why that would. I mean, he only caved on that because that because he wanted on the Democrat ticket, and they said you can't do but it. But I mean, when he said that, they tore him up about it, and I and so many people followed that, and I'm like, mm-hmm. but I don't understand. Because I mean, trust me, I'm all about holding corporations responsible exactly i mean i'm never going to defend a fucking corporation who you know probably more likely than not exploits working class people to get their millions right so fuck that like i'm fine with that but, but i'm like you gotta separate wrong right you have right. to like what is right and what is wrong mm-hmm. i mean so well and it's an end run around it's an end run around the um i mean what about their marketing I, i'm just gonna have to read more about it because i'm like you know they are not allowed to put ads for guns cigarettes etc like on television right right so i'm like where exactly can they advertise it to begin with Did i you? don't see gun ads anywhere except for maybe like a cabela's magazine mm-hmm. if you watch old tv it's so funny because there's a oh, i forget what the talk show is now but uh i think rod sterling was the was the host but anyways he's sitting behind this desk there's a big marble thing on the front I don't think there's a single episode of Twilight Zone where they show Rod Sterling that he isn't smoking. Yes. And, and every commercial break was mentioning smoking, 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 smoking. When I was uh, probably, I don't know, junior high, maybe high school, um, there were shows on TV that I watched like Trapper John MD where the doctors were in the hospital smoking while talking to their right, patients. Right. Like it's crazy where it's gone just since, you know. I, have I this, guess it uh, has been 30 years since I've been in high school, but I found this VHS tape that was produced. It's like a classic 1950s commercials and it's a whole tape of just like these commercials. Wow. Right. Some, one, uh, some of them are really funny. Like they've got the, uh, the Ovaltine guy and the decoder mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But some of them just like, I can't believe like, no wonder baby boomers are so fucking racist and don't even realize that they're racist. Like one of them was a jello commercial mm-hmm. and it's like, oh ancient chinese secret like i'm like what the fuck is it they're like oh a chinese baby doesn't know how to use spoon he's very sad he cannot eat jello i'm like is this fun? this was really fucking on tv you're fucking kidding me like i'm like this is first of all funny but then not funny because it's like watching saturday night live but if it wasn't parody yeah it's i can't fucking believe it i can't fucking i'm like no wonder they're like that no fucking wonder they're like that and then the other ones are like tons of cigarette commercials but the Mm -hmm. funniest ones were they're dancing women but all you can see is their legs because they're wearing giant cigarette box costumes Mm -hmm. they're just they're Mm -hmm. just dancing Mm -hmm. packs of cigarettes women (laughs) used to work in casinos as cigarette girls and at ball games as cigarette girls and they would wear a box like that almost look like a sandwich board and would walk around and sell cigarettes. Um, and, you know, and, and it's funny that you mentioned that about cigarettes because cigarettes was one of those things that was very sexist for a while. It was like only men are allowed to smoke. Women are allowed to smoke. So, like. We should have kept that trend going. <laughs> so, like, during the, um, you know. Survival e- of the fittest. <laughs> the equal rights, you know, women trying to get equal rights. Um, one of the things that they did was uh, they organized this women's march in new york city and all the women were strutting and smoking and and the cigarette company was like this is a way to sell cigarettes to women is to show them we have just as much right to smoke as men (laughs) of course and so they did they played on that feeling of being discriminated against in women to basically give them cancer at an equal rate as men right for sure and we fell for that 
some because... of those commercials too like one of them i don't remember what it is i think it was like laundry detergent or something mm-hmm. and they play Ain't this like, secret they like they know they play oh. this like bewitching music and it's like it'll turn your wife into a devil because she like smells his shirt mm-hmm. and then she like sits on his lap and i'm like first of all this commercial this woman is like <laughs> clearly an eight she's like super pretty mm-hmm. and like in shape and her husband this guy who's portrayed her, her husband is old and mm-hmm. hideous looking and i'm like first of all <laughs> this <laughs> and secondly like is this all it took for women in the 50s like oh he smells good i'm gonna sit on his lap like no god damn it <laughs> and all the vacuum commercials they're like do you love your wife well then get her a vacuum and i'm like oh my Ow. god okay these are awful yeah yeah oh so the last thing i wanted to talk about um is the Olympics. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. You've been on this. You've been on the oh Olympics. I don't think there was anything else on the news that I had up here. Well, you can look while I'm ranting. Oh, there was, there was that, um, the girl they found under the stairs. Oh, yeah. We'll which was, it was like blown up. Yeah. Do your Olympics thing and then we'll. So, um, the Olympics is a clusterfuck. And everyone's talking about the Olympics. And I just feel like. Except me, because I could give a fuck less about the Olympics. I never watched the Olympics. Neither okay? have I. I would watch the figure skating once in a blue moon because we had so many channels. Right? We only had so ba- This was back before we had like 500,000 channels. There was like the Waltons on one channel. Grizzly Adams uh, on another channel. And C-SPAN. the Olympics, right? C-SPAN. So, they had Fox, which the Simpsons. So we had C-SPAN, the Simpsons, and uh, the Olympics. <laughs> right. So anyhow. Um. I'm not I'm not a big Olympics person, but, you know, all these books we've talked about on the podcast um, about Nazi Germany and how, like, the corporations that got exposed for helping the Nazis when we were trying to fight them and whatnot, and, you know, how many people, like, ignore the suffering of the Jews and yada, 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 and it's like, okay, but why the, first of all, why the fuck are we having the Olympics in China? We're talking about... Now, they drew... Oh, I'm sorry. China, you mean the country we also buy everything from? Right. I mean, very American. And that's stupid, but we do. And I feel like at this point, we've allowed that to happen to the point you can't buy anything that wasn't made in China. But, um, but no, the, you know, there's all of this talk about the genocide of the Uyghurs that's happening, um, in, in China. And I'm like, okay, does anybody... Okay, I don't care if they drew the card. I don't fucking care. If they're killing people in concentration camps, we should all say, fuck off. We're not coming to your fucking country, okay? And I don't hate Chinese people, but I just think that we have to say there's a line and we're not going to participate in Olympics in a country that is murdering people based on their race, Right. okay? Um, that's the first thing. Okay. The second thing is the Russian girl with the doping is a fucking joke. Um, talking about the girl who had the steroids. Yes. She, uh, from what I've gathered on the news is that she, she reported that she was taking two drugs, which are known to enhance performance, but are not yet banned. Now, why those two drugs aren't banned i guess the um there was an organization that it that that fights doping in sports that had tried to make these two particular drugs illegal because they're known to enhance performance 
they have not yet succeeded in making them illegal. So they're illegal, but you have to declare that you're taking them. Bullshit. If this, if the whole purpose of the Olympics is a competition between athletes on their raw ability and skill, no fucking drugs, period. Stop it. We're physically competing for who has superior skill, not who can pump their body full of bullshit. And, and Russians are terrible about this, okay? We've had our people too. But I don't understand. First of all, as soon as she immediately tested positive, the third drug that she was taking was a banned substance. It is a heart medication. It's used as a heart medication. And she tried to say, or her representatives tried to say, it was a mix-up with her grandfather's heart medication. She accidentally took her grandfather's heart medication. So you say, well, why, you know... Because obviously she wouldn't be able to explain why she legally was on this drug at her age and being in top physical performance. So she said, they said it was a mix up. From what I understand, the drug dilates your blood vessels and it allows more oxygen to go into your lungs, therefore increasing your performance and stamina. Wow. Even if she wasn't using it at the very moment that she, um, you know, was performing, the fact that she was taking it made her able to last longer at practice, made her lungs have a better capacity, da 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 Immediate disqualification. You're done. Okay? But the reason that didn't happen, the reason that the Olympic Committee decided that she could still participate, even though she was caught with banned substances, is because all they care about is the money aspect of the Olympics. Well, I mean, and there's also an argument to be made because who was the girl? She was like a, she was in the sprinting category that. Yeah, it was um, a black girl. The black woman. Yeah. yeah. And she got disqualified for Mar- weed. Yeah. Which marijuana. was legal in her state. Yes, exactly. I mean, I that's like go dis- there too. disqualifying somebody for having a drink. Yeah. You know? So, and, and marijuana, you know, whether it's legal or not legal, it shouldn't be on a banned list because it's obviously it's not, not a performance enhancing, enhancing, enhancing yeah. drug. So that is complete racial bullshit. And the fact that they allowed this and the the reason they allowed this young girl to continue to participate is because the Olympics makes billions of dollars. It's a money making venture. It's a private venture. Um, And what we have shown after this debacle is that just like every other capitalist venture, we don't care about the moral implications. We don't care about the fairness factor. We don't care that Russia is giving drugs to a 15-year-old girl, drugging her up which is abusive and putting her out there for not only excruciating physical, you know, if you have to take a drug to push your body past its normal limits, that's, that's abusive. Okay. Some might argue the training these young kids go through is abusive. Okay. But giving them controlled substances to enhance their performance at 15 That's clearly abusive. But like we talk a lot about on our podcast, 
the reason we the thing we focus on most is the economic impact on everything capitalism's impact on everything and because the olympics is making money and figure skating is the one of the gems in the crown of the olympics they don't fucking care they don't care if this girl's body is destroyed if her mind is destroyed if her emotions are destroyed because after all this pressure came on and she was allowed to compete based on the the idea that rejecting her at 15 after everything she's been through to get to the Olympics would be too emotionally devastating. That was one of the things that they used to say why they were letting her still compete. We all know it's for the money, okay? But they tried to pretend it was for her best interest. She fell apart on the ice. She fell multiple times. She was a train wreck. And when she came off of the ice, instead of getting some kind of consoling from her coach, she was lambasted pretty much, like given the evil eye and scolded. So this girl's life is over at 15. And the rest of the world should say enough with the Olympics. Enough. We're done with the racial bullshit. We're done with the cheating. We're not going to send kids over there who've trained their whole lives to compete fairly and to be beat by somebody who's taken drugs. We're not going to support a system that allows children to be forced to take illegal drugs. We're not doing it anymore. I mean, where's all the right-wing people that are out there for the saving the children? Where are they at right now? You know? Um... I just think we all need to just say we're not supporting any corporations that support the Olympics. We're fucking done with the Olympics. Fuck it. And as far as if I was a person of color, if I was this girl that got excluded for uh, marijuana, I'd be starting my own Olympics. Yeah, for sure. I don't know why there aren't any competitors. It wouldn't be hard. And you know, Russia, a few years ago, um, people boycotted the Olympics when it was in Sochi. Right. Russia. You know why? Because they're treatment of gays. Oh, right. Right? Absolutely. So how would the uh, doping Russians feel if a trans athlete beat one of their uh, athletes? They would be flipping script over that. They would be saying that's an unfair advantage, but they can dope, but they can dope their kids up and put them out there. It's ridiculous. So the Olympics, I just say if anybody just don't watch it, if you know anybody who's sponsoring the Olympics, I mean, most people on it were so disgusted over that decision. They're, they, they're not watching it. I don't know anyone that watches the Olympics, to be honest. So, I don't know. And, you know, after the gymnastics, look what happened with the gymnastics scandal, the sexual mm-hmm. abuse scandal that went Awful. on with the USA Gymnastics. I mean, yeah, Russia's got a doping problem, but let's not forget, America, you had a rampant pedophile. Right. And his shit was swept under the carpet multiple times. Because Why? Because you wanted to win. So um, I just think that we need a cleaner version of competition. Um, this is very seedy and disgusting and kids should not be involved in it. So if no, you're, I can agree with if all you're that. a parent out there pushing your child to become a, in a sport, um, I hope that you have your eye on the ball and you keep make sure your child is protected from people that want to abuse them. For sure, because we know that people who uh, perpetuate those types of abuses end up in positions where it's easy for them to do. Yep. So, coaches, 
I mean, we've seen it. Doctors. Yeah. Priests. It's a scary world. Scary. Absolutely. It's a scary world. People should always be careful about who they're letting their kids around, especially in positions of, uh, what do they call that when they prosecute it as a crime? Um, when they're in a position of trust or something. Mm-hmm. Position of trust. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's good that that's an extra charge. <laughs> yes, definitely. So the only other thing that I found that I just thought was crazy, again, the news and the way that they hype things up. I've seen so many articles about uh, this little girl that was found under the stairs. Under the yeah. stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to look it up to read the first headline because. And CNN's been terrible with the story because they, they brought it up. They showed the pictures where the stairs were pried open with the blankets under yeah. the stairs. Missing six-year-old hid under staircase for four hours. That one's a little bit more accurate. Two years after she went missing, six-year-old girl found living under stairs in New York house. So they make all these articles like... Living under the stairs. Right. She wasn't living under the stairs. Or locked under the stairs. No. Or trapped under the stairs. And there are... And she wasn't alone. And to be sure, there are children who are being locked in cages, who are being starved, who are being this, sexually abused every single day. Those horror stories are real and they do go on. But CNN exploited this story and made it sound like um, this little girl was kept under the stairs in this most horrifying situation for two years and like led you to believe that. And like her parents had no idea where she was, et cetera, et cetera. parents had no idea where she was and that she was kidnapped and it was the grandfather's house. And then you're, all these thoughts are going through your head. Was her grandfather molesting her? Like, and the news allowed you to think that. And then you told me, oh, right. well, it when was you a- read the article yeah. further, it talks about how, first of all, when they found her, she was found under the stairs with the mother. Mm-hmm. Um, Which was not mentioned. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, at the grandfather's house mm-hmm. and that there was a case right around the time that the girl supposedly was kidnapped that the parents were found uh, unfit to care for. Her right. By Child Protective Service. By CPS. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it seems pretty clear cut, like a lot of cases of missing children, mm-hmm. that it's a parental Parental kidnapping kidnapping. Mm -hmm. um and they just kept her head because they didn't want her to be taken by cps which i'm not justifying that at all they might have a hundred percent good reason to be taking her from her family um i mean i don't know the ins and outs of it but it's just yet again another misleading headline i mean when i read that that's where my mind goes i'm thinking like uh cleveland house of horrors yes you know what i mean yes like those girls were literally locked up inside that house i mean not that this girl was subjected to trauma. She's had trauma. I mean, they talk about how she can't read because she's six and she's never been in school. Right. I mean... It's absolutely... She's been in an abusive situation and she's been traumatized, but... The news is so thirsty for another Cleveland House of Horrors. That's what disgusts me. That's what's disgusting. And they plaster this little girl's face and I'm like, first of all, how do they have permission to put her face all over the place? Because if CPS took custody off of the parents then they probably don't have permission or would want permission to have their child's face plastered all over these news stories. And I thought minors weren't allowed... I thought they weren't allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's giving permission for this six-year-old girl's face to be well, if she's splattered under, if everywhere? if she is legally under the care and protection of the state, then the state's doing it. That's that's disgusting. It is disgusting. That's, they should have to protect their privacy at every at every corner. But. It's, just a, it's just one more example of the media literally know. exploiting the child... The trauma of a child. Yes. I mean, it's just, it was They gross. want suffering to be, just like when those floor, we talked about this with the Florida building collapse, how Wolf Blitzer's down there, you know, interviewing victims, uh, family members saying, 
How does it make you feel to know that your loved one might be trapped under there right now? I know. Like, what is fucking wrong with you? If, if a reporter ever asked me a question like that while one of my children or my husband or somebody was underneath of a pile of rubble and I'm wondering if the last breath is being crushed out of him, I'm going to punch that motherfucker right in the face. Say, how do you think I feel, you asshole? Like, is why doesn't anybody ever, you know, call out these reporters for just being disgusting what how, what kind of human being are you if you can go there and literally torture another human being that way what is wrong with you I don't get it I don't get it the news has a sickness about it that I, I can't explain and interesting I did look up Jimmy Dore's like um searched him like videos on YouTube mm-hmm. just to see like the little front thing and every one of them go, I don't encourage you to look at it, but if you just look at the little video still that advertises the video, every one of them, the font, the design and the background looks exactly like the National Enquirer. Oh my God, of course. And you know who owned that? I believe it was the Murdoch family. Really? Yeah. I believe they owned the National Enquirer at some point. Some of those rags, those, you know. Clinton shakes hand with an alien kind of ridiculous globe mag like all those and uh yeah so it's not surprising to me that his website has <laughs> his YouTube channel has started to look conspicuously like the National Enquirer I was reading about the National Child Traumatic Stress Network created by Congress in 2000 um to improve care and access to services for traumatized children across the United States. Um, I was trying to read this article. It's on uh, NBC News, if you guys want to look it up, because I haven't uh, located exactly what they're talking about. It's a six-year-old Paisley Schultes was found hidden under the stairs. How to help her heal. So I'm reading that. Like, what are they asking for donations somewhere? Or, but um, it's just talking about different programs that already exist. So I'm not sure. Maybe check that out. But, uh, yeah, that's all I had. That's all I had. What about you, Mick? No, I was just looking to see, since I said about Murdoch, I didn't want to say that improperly. Let's see who owned it. Um, but I could have I swore Murdoch owned it at some point. But it blows anyway. my mind, too. I mean, I guess I kind of, just from my own personal experience, understand how uh, people in that family's life could overlook that. Because I'm sure that there were some of them neighbors, somebody that had to have known, besides just the parents and the gr- the grandfather that was involved, that knew she was there. I mean, somebody had to know. You're telling me. Well, I guess they went there with a search warrant, but they did or not a search warrant. They went there before and questioned the grandfather, and he said he hadn't seen her. Right. So right. without a, some kind of additional information, they said they which they go eventually in. ended up getting, and it, right. but it doesn't specify. They, I think someone said they saw the girl. It was a tip, yeah, yeah, but they didn't say who it was. So just to clarify what I said before about Murdoch, it says that uh, it, it, if you go to Wikipedia, there's an entire list of people who own the National Enquirer. But um, towards the end here, it says uh, the company bought uh, bought the publication, McFadden Publishing in Boston Ventures for four hundred twelve million dollars. Um, and then the Star Magazine, which is another uh, tabloid uh, from Rupert Murdoch. Combined interests were controlled by a newly formed company, American Media Incorporated. So I guess the Star is the one that um, Rupert Murdoch must have owned. But they were all like these tabloid, you know, 
American media. Weekly World News. I think that's the one that had oh Clinton God. shaking hands with the alien. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Yeah. That's great. I wish I could find those. Crazy. Frame them. That would be great. Oh, the National Enquirer, too. Yeah, like my the old ones? used to get that shit all oh the time. Oh, my God. Yeah. So... Now we just can turn on regular TV and it's tabloid. <laughs> so Absolutely. I know we'll probably have more to talk about next time we record because I think uh, Trump's social media platform went live oh, this Lord week. Oh, Lord have mercy. I have sometime in, I think it was February 19th. In the midst of his getting sued, that's probably the best thing because he can, now he can get a following to support him. And I mean, he's in a lot of hot water. But you know, it's funny because... People were always like, oh, Trump's going to get in trouble now. Trump's going to get in trouble now. And I said, you know what? They're going to find a chest full of gold on Oak Island before Trump ever sees the inside of a jail cell. Come on. You got the same crowd going, oh, he's going to get it now. He's going to get in trouble now. You're right. No, he's not. You're fucking right. That was great. Fucking Oak Island. I love Oak Island, though. I'm addicted to it. I know they're not going to... They're not going to find gold, but they're going to find other treasure, historical treasure, which to me is just as interesting, but they ain't going to find no gold. Come on. (laughs) All right. Well, that's all I have. So this is Juke signing off. (laughs) This is Mick signing off.